This is Big Man Tyrone, and you're about to watch the MTG Cabal cast with your hosts, Wood, Thirsty, and Reptar. Sub to us on all your podcast networks at MTG Cabal Cast and YouTube. Alrighty, guys, welcome to the newest episode of the Cabal Cast. We've got a two parter for you commemorative for two sets dropping within like weeks of each other, basically. Yeah. Uh, how to deal with this? We've got Innistrad 2, Innistrad 3, Electric Jubilee. I think this is the third time. This is the I think third. it's the fourth. Oh, third time. So now we're splitting it into two sets, yep. which is pretty unique in the history of Magic. There's obviously never been, you know, there have been blocks and stuff, but this is, and they've said as such, this is one set split into two releases that are, you know, a couple months apart from each other. Yep. So what does this mean for Standard? How does this change things? How are we dealing with it? Part one is going to be the knee-jerk. What did you think when you found out this was how it's going to be? How do you handle it? You know, whatever. What are you telling your players? Part two, the actual financial implications, how we're handling allocation, et cetera, et cetera. So without further ado, let's get started. So um, when they first announced this, and I was, I'm trying to find it, but I can't, I was pretty sure they announced these as two different sets. One of them would be standard legal and one of them would not, and I was kind of fine with that. And I thought, oh, this is just another supplemental set to round out the end of the year. We don't have to worry too much about things. And then I believe something changed not too long ago when they pushed back the release date of Crimson Vow and then decided that, hey, it's going to be a standard legal set. And I felt a whole lot worse about what this means for my players. And I'm, uh, as a vendor that stocks singles, I'm not too worried. But if I'm a vendor or an LGS that has to rely on box sales, I am extremely worried because while these sets are about two months apart, September to October, October to November, when they release, I am more concerned about having to charge over $100 a box to my locals for draft sets or set boosters. What? Sorry, draft boxes or set booster boxes. I just don't think my clientele is going to recover from that from a single standpoint. So from a large vendor perspective, somebody that works online, I would just kind of feel like, oh, this is another commander style release. People are just going to buy singles yep. from me. Cool. Another day in the life. But as a backpacker, as an LGS, I'm extremely worried about this. And I'm super concerned that I will not... I, I, I'll have too much supply at the end of the day. I'll yeah, I, I think, you know, the feedback I've been getting from a lot of people is basically, you know, if you're to the point where, you know, you're cracking pallets, whatever, for singles, you know, it's it's another commander type set, basically, is what you're looking at. It's just another in the long line of releases. Yep. I know my immediate reaction when I first heard was like, are, are you kidding me? Now we have even more ways to mess up the standard rotation, which I am so sick of changing. And yet here we are. Uh, I think that, you know, it shows growth in the design philosophy in terms of how they want it to rotate because we're hitting rotation with Midnight Hunt. Uh, so one half of the set is being released and then we're getting to the rest. Yep. And I think it's worth noting, too, that uh, we are getting in Q1, so probably February, we're getting Neon Dynasty, you know, Cyber Ninjas. Now, what's interesting about that is you're going to have two months between one standard set release and three months until the next one, likely. We don't know for sure yet. Maybe all of a sudden we're getting to two-month release cycles, which would be awful because wallet fatigue is already there. 
which was another one of my concerns. You know, as someone who personally I just do singles, it doesn't really bother me. But as an LGS who has to, you know, fulfill the needs of a player base, who has to worry about wallet fatigue, which is already getting really bad. Yep. I mean, we're in month, what, 16 now of spoiler season straight just because of how many releases we're getting every single time. Yep. And, you know, it's not like they're making it easy on us by making them different formats or whatever. We've got secret layers hitting constantly as well, which, you know, as an LGS, you can't exactly partake in. Fun. Yeah. Um, and it's it's interesting to see that Wizards is seemingly committed to this wallet fatigue business model now. Yep. And yeah. that was as soon as I heard that we're splitting into two sets, they're going to be released close together. I was like, oh, God, this this is it. This this is we're all in on the Hasbro business model. Mm -hmm. But that's that's how it feels to me as far as singles go. I think it's going to be interesting because you're going to have a standard metagame for two months, two months. Yeah. And then it just flips. Is, is it going to no even have time to settle in that time? I mean, we don't know what large scale events look like. We don't know what competitive looks like. And we have this two-month window where we may just all of a sudden have a settled meta, and then in a day it flips yeah. when we get Crimson Bow. Yep. It's, it's striking to me that they wanted to push these sets up, or push the release of Crimson Vow in a direction, and make it standard legal on top of adding commander decks for both of these sets. Yeah. You know, so now you're not just looking at, okay buying sealed or singles for the standard legal sets you also have the commander decks that come in as well and it's not like the Ven the venn di diagram overlap of those that buy commander decks and those that buy boxes from an lgs is that small but now you're really taxing people on standard sets for people that just like to buy into commander and crack packs you're like you said kind of just pushing away you are pushing wallet fatigue a little too hard in my opinion right now and it seems like they just want to spew product to sponge up whatever is left in regards to pocket change like yeah. they're just going to start turning people upside down and shaking them down for their lunch money like it it feels a little ridiculous and as an lgs i'd honestly think i'd be really upset that we're going to get i think eight commander decks total in two months like, yeah People already have decks rotting on the shelves from previous orders. They're just not being bought. It could be that AFR commander decks were so bad uh, that they're just sitting there, and maybe that's kind of the exception, not the rule. But with these back-to-back -back sets and commander products, I would expect there to be the same because people are going to say, okay, do I really need to buy in the werewolf set with the vampire set? Now you're splitting your audience because you didn't put them in the same set, which is kind of the plan from the beginning, and now you're just straining you know, your through lines at the LGS level. And mentioning the commander reminded me of this. I was talking to another local store and they mentioned that based on the spoilers, there's going to be 15 new cards per deck, which typically was the difference between 30 and $40 commander decks was, okay. did you get five new cards or 15 new cards? So if we're getting four new commander decks or eight or whatever it is, and yeah. they've all got 15 new cards, and they announced there's specific four commander cards now that are in the set boosters, you're splitting it even further yep. and causing even more wallet fatigue. And I, I get it. This is effectively their holiday release, right? Because we've got September and then November we're getting Crimson Bow. Yep. And then we've got, you know, the 
secret layers, whatever going on as well. Don't really count those in this. And maybe Commander Collection Black comes out before Christmas. Point is, you've got a lot in a very short amount of time. Mm -hmm. And what is typically like, you know, the market sees a little bit of a lull around Christmas when people start to unload this stuff to get gifts. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see with two sets designed as a single set mm-hmm. released, what that's going to do to sales numbers for them. Because this is obviously Q4. It's kind of a big deal for Hasbro. Yep. They'll yep. make their money in toys, but will they make their money in magic splitting it like this? I, I, I don't know. I like the call out to the holiday because they kind of retired that what is the holiday gift box or like that, yeah. that square thing that was really awkward. Um, I remember the Theros one very clearly. It had Elspeth's son's champ on it, and it was just like this really awkward thing. But the retiring of that product seems really poor, especially this year when you could begin to bundle a lot of this crap together. Like, oh, yeah. you know, here's two commander decks and whatever for the same price point, some packs from both sets, right? You can start doing that and allow people an easier time to buy into these products. But it's... I don't know. It just seems like hell on wheels for an LGS. It it strikes me as like, you know, oh, we're chasing internet sales for the holidays. We want this yep. stuff on Prime Day. We don't necessarily want it in an LGS. And what's even more interesting is they announced the Innistrad double feature, which is both of the sets designed to be drafted together with like a special art oh, treatment, okay, right? Yeah. That's coming out in 2022. Why would you not drop that for the holidays and have it for that instead of your holiday box? Which, by the way, uh, the Return to Ravnica holiday box could support the weight of one ogre for about five minutes before it collapsed. Those things were sturdy. Holy crap, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, and it seems like if you're retiring the holiday bundle, something like an Innistrad double feature would slide into that spot very well because not only is it a unique, cool experience... It showcases both of your two most recent releases yep. and gives you the opportunity to capitalize on the hype from those going into the holidays. Mm-hmm. And it's it's weird because, you know, when they announced the slate and we got all these sets, we thought it was going to be, you know, boom, boom, one right after the other. They're two months apart and they're skipping the holidays. And it just seems like a really strange spot to do this in. Mm-hmm. And again, to me, it seems like they're chasing Amazon money rather than caring about the LGS. Yep, absolutely. One of the things that I I kind of came to grips with was that if one of these sets was just piss poor from a design standpoint, it was just not wholly undesirable, but like AFR levels of power, then you might not have to care about wallet fatigue as an LGS. You'd You'd still sell a product, but because it's split into werewolves and vampires, you're going to sell into the people who really enjoy those tribes, uh, be it the commander decks or some other product or what have you. You can cater to those people directly and not have to worry about you know, wallet fatigue for those that will actually want to buy boxes because things are AFR level powerful. But instead, I think in the first week, we saw more playable cards from uh, Midnight Hunt than we did from AFR through the entirety of the spoiler season. Oh, yeah. So if Crimson Vow is just as quote-unquote juice as Midnight Hunt is, that also puts a lot of pressure on people. But if one of these sets instead were to just be this kind of like dialed back thing to supplement something else in standard that just kind of like was the last piece of a puzzle and not like the other half of a puzzle, then that makes it a little more palatable as, as well. And 
that's like I said, something that I kind of had to reconcile and, and think about towards the end of this week. And I I think that's worth noting that you know, if one of these sets is weak, yeah, it you can kind of make up for it because they're released so close together. Mm-hmm. So in that regard, to me, all right, maybe you did make a correct decision, whatever. But if you're planning for one of those sets to be bad probably doing your game wrong oh yeah absolutely but like bad is kind of objective right fair yeah the kamagawa itself the original one wasn't necessarily a bad set it was meant to reset power uh, uh, the power level of standard but it didn't get a chance to shine until mirrodin had rotated out so it seemed really bad for a really long time until it was the first set that represented a new standard and then it looked good. And the same thing with um, Amonkhet, right? Yep. That was meant to be the first set of a new standard, but Watsi changed the way rotation happened, so Amonkhet just fell flat in terms of power level. We are basically going to see these sets on top of AFR be kind of the foundation for the next standard. So I don't want to make it sound like I'm saying the whole set has to be a clunker. Oh, yeah. I just think, you know, if... Let's say the vampire one just did a great job of supplementing, you know, if Crimson Vow did a great job of supplementing Midnight Hunt and added some missing pieces, maybe we don't get all the Planeswalkers that we would expect from from Innistrad. In Midnight Hunt, we get the full compilation after Crimson Vow, then I think that it's a decent design choice and kind of helps at the LGS level. But then at the same point, like, are you just asking your LGS to kind of fudge their numbers on standard sets? And there's just a lot of weird like eyebrow raising things about how this is being handled and i as a player who buys singles and doesn't draft and knows they're not going to draft in person they just do it on arena like fuck it man i don't care they'll get my money uh, from arena one way or the other but as an lgs who has to cater to my players man i'd freak the fuck out when they changed these dates and said they were both standard legal because I just don't know how I would sell all of this product to all to all my people and keep them interested in drafting one set for like six weeks and then immediately another. And it's a non-supplemental set. So everything they got used to and everything that they enjoyed is now immediately changed through the holiday yep. season as well. And I, I think that's important because like the draft season in the holidays, you know, a lot of LGSs tend to fall off during that period. There may not be as many people coming out to draft. So that environment, like to me, I've always like that draft environment has to be good mm-hmm. because if it's not, you're already going to lose players to the holidays and doing family stuff or whatever. Yep. If you're in a college town, everyone's going home for the holidays or traveling, whatever the case may be. So having, you know, a set like that where, it does change so quickly. You get used to this draft environment for six weeks, and then it changes. That's kind. Of, that's bad for the LGS. You know, again, LGS doesn't just make its money on you know selling boxes and stuff. They make it through events. They make it through selling their drafts, going to their constructed events. But drafts are one of the biggest ways for them to drive players. Yeah. And if you're not able, to, if you're already suffering for that during the holidays, not being able to do that because you have a poorly designed draft environment is like a death knell for your sales. Mm-hmm. Because you pretty much have to have gift packs or whatever, which we don't necessarily have anymore. You know, in my experience working at an LGS in the holidays, it's grandma, grandpa, mom, dad who have no idea yeah, yeah. what they're doing. Zero clue. 
they're just like, uh, you know, my grandson or niece or nephew or whatever loves playing magic. And I was told that you guys have some stuff here. So what should I get them? Well, you know, if you've got a bad set, I'm not going to suggest you get them, you know, packs of Crimson Bow, for example. Yeah. And, you know, the, the product release being focused on those things and not having these supplemental offerings as much, that's to the detriment, I feel like. I, I don't think that's as good as it's been in past years. And I think that having these two sets also makes it harder to recommend which one they should get. Yeah. No, but, I, I agree. And I think it, it cuts the other way, too. Like, what if they're both bangers? I, yeah, if they're both bangers, I will... I find something to eat. I don't know this zombie army token. I'll do it on an episode. I'm but, gonna set this right on my keyboard. There yeah, we go. but but like that goes back to wallet fatigue. If they're both bangers, people are going to clamor for this stuff. And as a vendor who sells singles, like we talked about earlier, as an online vendor, yeah. it's just kind of whatever. I'll sell my singles every day of the week. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Sell, yeah. Sell. But as an LGS, you got to think like, okay, my players just you know blew their wallet out on you know their their boxes and whatever release events that we're holding two months might not be enough lead time for them to no. recuperate and to come back and be able to buy stuff, especially in November, you know? Yeah. Kind of the when, peak of holiday shopping. Things are already thin. You're asking a lot. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that's, you know, if these are the more expensive commander decks, yeah, it's only $10, but it is a big deal for that's $40 over the course of the four, $80 over the course of the eight, however many it is. Uh, that's a big deal. Yeah. And asking people to, dump that when you have not only like release wallet fatigue but you have holiday wallet fatigue mm -hmm. on top of that is a tall order for an lgs which again just harkens back to watsi not giving a shit about the lgs nope. and just chasing the amazon money yeah, sorry they, i'm beating a dead horse it's fine the, the commander decks are two in each uh with 30 new cards across that's both. right so yeah 15 in each 60 new cards across two 100 card uh four 100 card decks sorry yeah yep so, and mm, there are no flip cards or werewolf commanders in the Midnight Hunt one, I believe. They yeah. They announced. There's just the uh, new Arlen Cord. Yeah. There's a, a, a human noble and a zombie warrior are your generals in Midnight Hunt because why not? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know how I'd handle this as a, a backpacker either. It's not a lot of time to pick stuff up. I think I'd just a lot, like I said, a lot of this stuff from Midnight Hunt looks like a banger. Um, you know, they released Arlen, the day night token or the day night status of the game kind of fixes the werewolf problem from the original Innistrad, making them a lot more useful. And yep. that's putting pressure on a lot of the old werewolf cards from the original Innistrad and a small number from Shadows Over, um, namely the Ulrich, the Gruel Legend, yeah. on the deck. Uh, you've got both Arlens, etc. Et um, and I just don't know what I would do as a backpacker if I'd focus on uh, new stuff only because it's useful or if I'd go back and dip into um, old stuff despite the fact that it doesn't function with the day-night status of the game, it still functions yeah. uh, separately on its own. And I think I might just honestly start to focus on, like, the Planeswalkers within the set instead of any of the thematic pieces yeah. for uh, EDH demand over time. Yeah, and I think that that's, you know, I 
I, I will say when they first announced these sets, I was excited. We did an episode where we talked about tribal stuff and what mm-hmm. would come out. And, you know, I, I think, you know, these sets at first, until I heard the release schedule, I was excited about them because they are yeah. a casual tribal set. And people love that stuff. And I remember when Vampires was good in the standard with Vampire Nocturnus mm-hmm. and Vampire Nighthawk back in Zendikar days. Yep, red black. Deck was gas. Oh yeah. Um, and I would love to see something like that in standard again. But then I got into the financial aspects, and I'm like, all right, well, this kind of, as we touched on, sucks. Yeah. Well, the vampire stuff was all right because it's kind of clear. The werewolf stuff is very muddy because there was no good lord, there was no good general for the deck. You had to like just scrape and scrap the best one and it's not even like played in vampire or in werewolf yes really exactly because you can't cast ravager of the fells like that's the only problem with that card is you can't cast the backside um yeah yeah so as like as a backpacker i think i just start looking at like tournament staples and like infinite ren and sevens because that card is all over the place god that card's gonna be insane yeah what is it it's like kind of a life from the loam the ultimate is um praetor's council the green spell five and trip green like the yep. card I picked a while ago, like Red and Seven is just nuts. Yeah. Put any number of land cards from your hand onto the battlefield. Tab. Mana bond. That's For right. zero. Yeah. For zero. It's bas- it's basically a fixed quote unquote fixed mana bond. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think I'd focus on that. I think I just focus on high profile staples from Midnight Hunt as a backpacker. I don't think I'd touch uh werewolves right now, and I think I'd probably look into the the lands just because yeah. they do something all the time. Um but from from that perspective, this is also very confusing for me because it didn't really set forth a path. Um, if I'm going to be buying to resell, usually I wait a couple of weeks before I buy in unless a pre-order price on something just looks absolutely uh, bananas low and then I'll buy in to sell a couple of weeks later. But now I get hoisted by the by Crimson Vow coming out you know oh, maybe like two or three weeks later. Uh, from peak buy-in time for me. Yeah. And anything that I'm looking at f- as far as a standard metagame is concerned in pre-release time, like we mentioned earlier, just kind of gets absolutely mushed into months. So it's very difficult to say like, okay, you know, X, Y, and Z for humans looks like looks nuts because there's already the supporting cast of creatures. This looks these cards look like they they're going to play great alongside one another. Let me move in. I don't know what's coming in Crimson Vow. You know, and that's two months later. Really, does not give my picks the opportunity or my speculatory buy-ins to mature the way I need yeah. them to. And I think that's important too, as a backpacker. Is this is, you know, as with the LGS, this is incredibly unique because your buy-in cycle almost has to change completely. Because again, you know, when you hit peak buy-in new sets coming out people have already kind of moved on they've you know it's active spoiler season we're brewing with the new set we're already yep. you know we're on to cincinnati in the words of bill belichick you know we're we're on to the next thing mm-hmm. and you know we talk about how the edh buy-in cycle has changed over the last couple of years well the standard buy-in cycle is almost about to be non-existent for a little bit just because there's you know how do you find peak buy-in time for this when the standard meta changes sooner than it did before yep uh, because a whole month may not seem like a lot, but we've been operating on a three or three month timeline for years mm-hmm. rather than a two month timeline. So you just have to be a little bit more fluid in it, move up. And honestly, I'm not going to be buying in as much. Uh, I, I'll pick up, you know, the typical stuff I would like, you know, Liesa, Forgotten Archangel, Arlen Cord, yeah. Renin Seven. Yeah. 
like the stuff that is clearly going to shine in EDH. Yes, yeah. I'm just not going to care about constructed at all, I because it's just I don't want to get hoisted on stuff, you know. No, just, no. nope, uh, nope. No, I, I agreed. I think the the only thing I would look at for constructed are the what are they being called the slow lands again? Yeah, yeah. Um, that, sure. That's that's all I would look at for constructed because generally speaking, every cycle of dual lands that has the opportunity to enter the battlefield untapped does something yeah. in standard. Yeah. So I think that's a safe bet if they're below a certain price point. And I haven't taken a look in a, in a couple of days to see what's floating around it's just from a backpacker, backpacker perspective. I've been too busy looking at other cards. So that's, you know, as a backpacker, that's where I would be. And from here, for me, it just becomes like uh, more emotion than anything like that's just really what starts to take over because we're moving into a spot now not just in in the podcast where we're going to discuss but in this release cycle where i I, it's like logic is out the window because i just don't understand anymore yeah i it's we're we're past the point where it makes sense to me at all so here we are ending part one of our rant about (laughs) the new innistrad sets yeah yeah. Uh, tune in next week for part two. Yep. Uh, picks will be up, though. Uh, they'll go up with this episode, so you can take a look, but you won't get the explanations until next week unless you jump into uh, the Discord. You know, like mm-hmm. we always like to talk about. You know, become a Patreon. costs as little as $1, and that gets you access to the Discord, direct access to uh, us, uh, you know, the other people that work shows in the Discord as well. You know, you know we're all There's talking about what's going on. Yep, some of them are yeah. at DragonCon this weekend, so, you know. Yep. Things have been uh, a little fluid, a little bit uh, discussy. But other than that, for this week, we are at MTG Cabalcast on Twitter, Facebook, Patreon, and YouTube. You can find the audio version of the podcast on uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Play, and Google Podcasts. The video version is on YouTube. If you want to get in touch with me directly, I am at Halt to I am Reptar on Twitter. You are at Thirsty Sizzler. We'll see you next week.